Old School Lane Casual Chats is brought to you by OldSchoolLane.blogspot.com and is associated with Channel Frederator, Manic Expression, The Comic Book Cast, and The Araminta Show. Hello everyone, welcome to the last episode of Casual Chats for 2018. I am Patricia and I'm here with a very, very special guest that... I've been trying to get a hold of for a very long time, but I think that that around this time it's well worth it. So, um, I have with me Miss Vanessa Coffee. So, welcome, Vanessa. Hello there. Thank you. Absolutely. So, um, I'm actually curious about what were your earliest memories with uh, cartoons or with television in general? Well, my earliest memory with with uh, cartoons, I would say, and um, as far as television for us. Um, as kids were uh, the Flintstones and the Jetsons and uh, Disney television for like Winnie the Pooh, Charlie Brown. That's the kind of kids' television we had then and Mr. Rogers. We didn't have a lot of different um, choices. So we would watch comedies like I Love, my favorite was I Love Lucy. That's my favorite too. Yeah, it's my all-time very favorite. Yeah. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. <laughs> very so. Are you excited about tonight's, um, you know, colorized version on CBS? Oh, I didn't know about it. Yeah, they, they always have, every year for the past couple of years, they always, like, have a colorized version of a classic episode on CBS. Oh, my gosh. And it's, it's I Love Lucy? Yeah, I Love Lucy. Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to watch it. All right, well... Awesome. Um, so what made you decide to work into the television industry? Um, I actually sort of fell into it. I um, was uh, interested in painting when I was younger, and um, but I was told that you can't make a living at art. So um, I decided to, I was going to go into the police um, career detective. I wanted to be a detective. Oh wow, cool! Yeah, like was, uh, you know. like what kind of detective? Sherlock Holmes detective or a Nancy Drew detective? Uh, Nancy Drew. Ah. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, but a, f- a friend of mine um, was the secretary for Stan Lee, and she needed an intern to work and do some work with him. So I started working on the floor of Stan Lee's office, putting together um, different articles of his that he wanted to uh, maintain. And so I put together these big black books of all these different articles of Stan Lee. So that's how I ended up at Marvel Production. What yeah, was, what he was, was that great. like? It was it was fantastic. I mean, he was such a he's a he was, he was I'm so sad about his passing, but no. um, he was just terrific and funny, great sense of humor, very energetic, um, and very uh, generous as far as new and upcoming people in his business. Yeah. He was very generous about that. I mean, he didn't know anything about me, and he didn't even ask what my credentials were to be working on a floor of his 
his office. He just was really welcoming. Yeah. I know uh, a lot of people who are huge comic book fans or have gotten into it with the recent Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they were devastated with uh, Stan Lee's passing. Uh, I never got to meet him personally because every time that I would go to a convention, there would be like swarms and swarms of people, but I kind of regret it now, never, no, never getting to meet him. But I do know that he was a very, very generous man who had a passion for his work and it's, it's reflected by a lot of people who are still fans of his to this day. Oh yeah. He was, he was extremely talented and, um, he was his work. There was no separation. He was he was just he loved it, loved it, loved it. Yeah. And he had, he had a he had a great life. So he just you know he left a lot. Has a he has a, an amazing legacy for us all. Yeah. So how did you get to work on Nickelodeon? Um, I moved to New York um, because I wanted to leave children's television. And um, I decided to move to New York and start a different career because um, I didn't really, I didn't, I wasn't overwhelmed by the 80s commercial type uh, animation that was just selling toys for kids. So I decided to leave the business and I moved to New York and didn't really know what else to do so I started hunting around for um, anything that was happening in New York with regarding children's television so I didn't know what Nickelodeon was um, but I called them I cold called them um, and later I found out that they were you know a cable channel and and all that stuff Mm -hmm. that's how I ended up I just I just needed a job, thought that I, uh, and I wanted to stay in New York, and they were the, really the only game in town, so that's how I ended up at Nickelodeon, I just called them. Yeah, and one of your very first projects with them was Nick's Thanksgiving Fest. Correct, yes, they, they, um, they wanted to just keep me busy, and sort of try, the, the, the idea was to try out different styles of animation, for me, that was the idea anyway. Um, so, and f- format um, the half hour differently mm-hmm. so that it wasn't uh, 20 minutes, that it was split up. So that was um, sort of the test tube for the uh, Nicktoons block. So that was kind of like where you got your inspiration um, inspiration to split up, uh, split up the episodes to 11 minutes? Um, the idea behind splitting up the the half hours or the 20 minutes was because I felt like what was happening in television for kids was empty 20 minutes. It wasn't, it wasn't like, it just wasn't creative enough for me. I felt like it could, the writers could be better and um, the stories could be tighter. So I thought, it would be great to do two stories within a half an hour. Yeah. I spoke about um, the the next Thanksgiving vest in a video a few years ago, and I had Joey Album in my podcast last year talking about it. And he said that while it was um, a really 
uh, difficult um, work with all the cell uh, cell shaded animation and um, all the hours of trying to get everything done that it was a really really fun experience mm-hmm. oh and he's terrific yeah it was it you know those characters that he creative we're, we're just you know really cute and fun characters yeah i met him um when i was when i was in new york last year i met him over at starbucks for some coffee and we just started talking about you know nickelodeon and all the stuff that he's doing nowadays with lucy the dinosaur so yeah he's a really nice guy yeah he's terrific yeah i'm i'm you know it would have been great for his thunder lizards to have been picked up yeah, um, I'm actually, I actually want to talk to you about um, the pilots that were pitched because there were eight of them, five of which were created by, uh, well, six of them were created by Nickelodeon, two of them were from Cosgrove Hall, so there's very little information about the pilots outside of the Nickelodeon Nation book, so yeah, I, I'd like to know more information about that. Well, the pilots were, you know, uh, basically Jerry Laybourne had a relationship with Cosgrove Hall and so she let them um, develop two pilots she had a relationship with Jaffet Asher and um, Kit Laybourne and obviously and so Jaffet did a pilot and they had a relationship with Joey because he had been at Nickelodeon and done interstitials so that's how those pilots were divided up. And the other, the three that um, Doug, Rugrats, Ren, and Stimpy were um, projects that I had developed as an independent producer while working on the Thanksgiving special. Um, so I brought those three in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and out of uh, what, do you, what made them stand out to you compared to all the pilots that were pitched? Um, well, to me, what made them stand out is were the characters. I thought the characters were stronger. They were all different from each other as well as from anything else, I thought. I think those three pilots specifically were living and breathing within the creators. Like, you know, Paul, Jermaine, Arlene, and Gabor, Arlene Klasky and Gabor Chupo, um, they had infants at the time so they were <clears throat> I mean basically the pit, the pitch for Rugrats was just a log line which was you know how about babies uh, life from a baby's point of view and I had wanted to do that in my Thanksgiving special a baby uh, Thanksgiving from a baby's point of view I really wanted to do that but the writing didn't really turn out that well so I didn't. So when uh, Arlene Gabor and Paul pitched that logline to me, I, I immediately wanted to do it. We didn't have any characters or anything, but that concept was something I wanted to d- develop. And um, John, you know, Chris Felucci had had Ren and Stimpy in this other um, show called uh, Your Gang, and they really didn't fit in there either because it was a show about just he said he just put those drawings in because he didn't have any other way to sell them so when I said let's develop a show about just Ren and Stimpy because I really didn't like the Oregon concept he 
you know, so that he had had those characters for years and, um, the designs anyway. But, um, so we decided to develop just Ren and Stimpy into a show and, um, and Doug just, you know, having met Jim and him showing me his book that he had this, uh, that was called Doug Gets a New Pair of Shoes, I believe. Um, I knew what I was getting with that because Jim, Jim is Doug and he has, you know, great stories, childhood stories. And so I just, I think that what set them apart was that those three shows had, were really very character driven by the creators and the development was, um, it just, I don't know, it just flowed with all of us. It was, it was like, it was like magic. Yeah, and I even like, and I even like the concept of you choosing, you know, which lineup of um, the three Nicktoons should go first. Like Doug was the um, the appetizer, Rugrats was the main meal, and Ren and Stimpy was the dessert. Well, actually, Doug is the good for you food, mm-hmm. and Rugrats is like spaghetti meatballs. It's good. It it it's it will keep you alive. <laughs> but it's sure. really fun to eat. It's really fun to eat. And, you know, Ren and Stimpy's just sugar and there's nothing good for you in it. Right, right. But, yeah, that the idea of just having a meal, an, an experience. That that block of time, I wanted to, to be an experience. Yeah. Now, I, I know this is probably going to be a little bit difficult, especially since I'm sure you probably see them as like your children. But out of the three, which is your favorite? Oh, that's hard. Hmm. I don't think I, I can't. I, I love them equally. Sure. That's fine. As every mother should. Understood. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. Oh, I really do. I mean, I, I love them all for different reasons. That's perfectly fine. So, yeah. what was like your favorite behind the scenes of uh, you know working on you know three of the shows? Like any funny like memories or you know, like any interesting things that you like to share? Well, the uh, the funny thing with um, Ren and Stimpy was that the sound effects were all original. So I remember Powdered Toastman toasting you know, the Foley team was doing, uh, was toasting tons and tons of bread and scraping the bread to get this perfect sound for Powdered Toast Man. And that was just, it was funny. And so doing the sound effects for Ren and Stimpy and watching that, and and that was really fun. And uh, watching Paul Germain direct the voice talent in Rugrats was just terrific. And Gabor and Arlene, obviously. And, and you know, the voice talent in Rugrats was just amazing, as well as with Doug. And I'll have to say the music with Doug, with uh, Sawyer and, and Newman, was just really great, along with Fred Newman's mouth sounds. Mm-hmm. So those, those were fun. Yeah. And we did all the original, the music, the the main title for um, Ren and Stimpy was uh, everybody who worked in the studio. I mean, not everybody, but the whole band was people who were on the show, 
Chris Riccardi wrote the song. He played guitar and bass. Our driver was the drummer. Um, you know, Jim Smith played guitar. It was it was fun. Yeah. So when did you first learn about the Nicktoons becoming like a huge success? Um, well, I think probably the first weekend that it aired, we the the ratings were pretty extraordinary. And then the ratings just got better and better as time went by. But we pretty much knew it was working the first weekend because kids were watching it. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> the second, third week, we started getting a demographic for Ren and Stimpy that were that was older, and the ratings were really good. I mean, extraordinary, actually. For a cable, for a kid's cable channel, the ratings were beyond. And at one point, it was the best, we got a, the best rating in cable history. We got a 4.0. Wow. Nobody had, nobody had done that. That's amazing. In cable at that time. So um, I'm actually curious about, like, when it comes to merchandising. So, um, yeah, Ren and Simpy and Rugrats had their fair share of merchandising, but Doug really didn't. Was there a reason why? Well, I think that some properties lend themselves more to merchandising than others. One thing was that you know, we, they, we didn't really kick into merchandising until after the first season. And so everything was kind of a late rollout. Not late, but... The, the concept was just do kids want to do kids want to buy t- these toys do they do they want to buy them after the fact we weren't trying to sell toys and make shows based on toys that was you know something that was really important so the toys didn't come out till after the first season really but um, Doug just doesn't lend itself to a toy-driven type of show. It's almost like a Charlie Brown. Sure. You know, it's not like, um, play, it's not play. It's, um, and Ren and Stimpy too, frankly, um, wasn't real, real heavy with toys. It was more, you know, just silly little books for like college students, scratch and sniff and t-shirts and, we didn't, we didn't, you know, we did a few dolls and stuff like that, but it wasn't an extensive amount of toys on Ren and Stimpy either. And Rugrats, frankly, didn't roll out a lot of toys until they started airing it every night um, on, in primetime. Right. That was when, um, that was when it started becoming a lot success, a lot more successful. And then that was when the revival happened. Yes. It became really a, a show for the family. Instead of Sunday morning, you know, for kids only, um, it became a family show. And it was written as a family show. The The writing on Rugrats is really sophisticated. And it's had a lot of crossover jokes and a crossover messages for, for adults. And so it worked really well in prime time. Yeah, I remember when, um, you know, Jack Riley passed away, 
And there were so many articles talking about, you know, all of the movies and the TV shows he's been in, but every single one of them had pointed out of his role as Stu Pickles in Rugrats. And the one scene that they constantly mentioned was where he was making chocolate pudding, losing control of his life. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I know. Oh, my gosh. He's so great. I don't know what they're going to do without him. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually curious because, you know, they're rebooting Rugrats with 20 new episodes in a live-action movie. And yep. I don't know, I mean, well, maybe, maybe I, I mean, I don't know how it's going to turn out, but um, it's definitely not going to be the same, that's for sure. No, it's not. Especially, you know, Christine, the loss of Christine Kavanaugh's, yeah. you know, that's a big one. And I don't know. You know, yeah, she had such nuances for Chucky that it's uh, it's going to be different. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I I love Nancy Cartwright, I respect her, but oh, I do too. I yeah, do I too. mean, when I I met her a few years ago at Florida SuperCon, and I was telling her, you know. Your work means a lot to me. You are amazing. I thank you so much for coming over to Florida and, you know, um, just sharing um, your time with us. And she was just so nice. I, I'm, I'm not even joking. She literally had these nice, soft eyes and she put her hands on mine and she told me how grateful she was. And, and that really touched me and that really made me appreciative. As much as I respect her for all that stuff, I feel personally that Christine's portrayal as Chucky will always be the best. Yes, I agree. And I, 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 yeah, it's no disrespect to her. I no, feel like, not. yeah, Chris, Christine was, she, she brought Chucky to life. I mean, she brought, she brought him to life. And, you know, like I said, the nuances that she had with that character were exceptional. And she'll be missed, that's for sure, oh, you yeah. know? Yeah, she will. And not to mention, you know, uh, David Doyle and Joel oh, Lasky, yeah. who played as uh, Grandpa Lou, recently passed as well. So, yeah. yeah. I'm just happy about um, um, Angelica and Cheryl. Oh, yeah, Cheryl. Yeah. Yes. Cheryl Chase. She is brilliant. She's wonderful. She, she posts stuff all the time, talking about, you know, how much Angelica means a lot to her and... A lot of fans say the same thing, that, you know, she is a character that may appear to be mean, but for some reason it resonates a lot to people. Oh, yeah. She's, you know, she's... The thing that people have to remember is that she's... Angelic is only supposed to be, like, three or four. Yeah. You know, she's just learning how to manipulate. <laughs> she's just... <laughs> And she's, you know, trying to survive with, you know, all those other babies. Right, right. And I don't think there's an episode where if Angelica has been a bad girl, she doesn't um, pay for it. Yeah, and I feel the same way about Ren as well. You know, a lot of people say, like, oh, Ren is such a mean character. I mean, he is, but there are some moments in which he apologizes or he mm -hmm. says thank you to Stimpy. I think that... That is what makes Ren a very um, likable character, very similar to Angelica, in which mm -hmm. there are moments in which, oh, you know, they're not bad characters. They just have nasty tempers, but they understand that they can't always be this way. They, you know, like Ren needs Stimpy and Angelica mm -hmm. needs the babies. So that's why I feel that they are great characters. Right. Well, the, and the difference between. Ren and Angelica is that one, they're 
Ren is supposed to be an adult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of. Yeah, sort and of. The, th- the thing that Ren is challenged by is his own mind. Yeah. Like, I, I always He's... remember when, you know, Ren was a hermit and he tried living by himself because he couldn't stand Stimpy. And at the end, he had to come back because he was being miserable. Yes, he he's that's his that's his biggest challenge. Ren, Ren's challenged by himself, by his own mind, by his psychotic behavior, by his psychotic thoughts. You know, but he is he does love Stimpy, and he does he's got a he's got a good heart. He just struggles. Sure. He's a great character. Yeah. Renan's a great character. Yeah, and even But without know, Stimpy, he would be nothing. Yeah, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and I can say the same for Roger. You know, Roger, you know, he always, you know, he's always picking, he's always making fun of Doug, but he does have, a, you know, he, had, he does have his own struggles, like the fact that he has a single mom and, you know, they're living in a trailer and all of his other friends are much better off than he is. So you can kind of understand why he is, you know, trying to toughen up to overcompensate the fact that he doesn't really have a lot. And I think, you know, the episode with um, father-son wheelbarrow race is a great example about that, you know, Roger's doing it to get attention and he's doing it because mm-hmm. he feels left out. He doesn't want people to know about his struggle, you know? He wants to be hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not, you know? He's a great character, too. Yeah, Billy West is amazing. You know? Oh, I love Billy. Yeah, I, I met him... I met him a few months ago, and uh, he he autographed my Nicktoons book with uh, by Jerry Beck and um, the Sick Little Monkeys by Thad Komorowski, and you know he was he was a really nice guy. Oh yeah, he's great. He's so talented. I mean, for us to be able to get him and for him to do the voice of both Ren and Stimpy um, without a hitch, yeah. and uh, it's it's just. It, that was brilliant to watch him to do both voices. It was it was fantastic. I think he's one of the best ever. Mm-hmm. You also um, worked on Rocco's Modern Life as well. Yes, I de- I um, developed Rocco's Modern Life. It was the fourth series um, with Joe, and mm-hmm. I executive produced the first season. So Rocco fit well with the four I mean the three other series because it it was different and it was full of heart the designs were great but it was heartfelt you know yeah great stories I love Heifer I love um the I love the frogs yeah the big heads Mr. and Mrs. Big Charlie Adler is amazing oh I know he is we I did the orange couch with him he was so funny Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was great. Hysterical guy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Rocco, Rocco's, Rocco's good, and he's doing a streaming movie, I believe. They're releasing yeah. that soon. Yeah, it was Static Kling. Um, I, I, from what I remember, Joe Murray posted on his official blog that they're finished with production, but he doesn't know when Nickelodeon's going to air it, so hopefully oh. it'll be really soon. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, it looks really it's good. good. Yeah, it's a it's those characters again. Those characters are really strong, mm-hmm. really strong. Yeah. 
So um, after that, you left Nickelodeon and you pursued in other things. So what kind of made you fall out of it? Well, I think because it was really hard. Um, there was a, there were a lot of struggles to get four shows like that done. Um, it was the first time that Nickelodeon had done uh, produced animation. And, you know, we had three different studios going, which we helped set up. Uh, Mary Harrington came in, um, helped set up those, and she was also the supervising producer and amazing producer, I might add, and Jim Ballantyne. And it was difficult, and the, cre the different creators of the shows, there were a lot of struggles when, you know, you go from just pitching their you know, or developing a show with a network and then a show working. Um, you know, there were per a lot of personal things that happened with each one of them. And it was a lot of pressure and it was a lot of work. And I um, I think the situation with John Chris Felucci was very difficult for me. Oh, and, yeah. you know, after it just... I think I just kind of, I don't know. I I, I trust me, I don't, I don't blame you. I don't blame you if it got so overwhelming, especially around the late 90s when it was like booming in uh, popularity. And I think there was also a bit of change in management, which is why people such as Geraldine and other creators and writers left. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I think that I was, you know, it, it was a it was a tough situation because I Viacom was putting the most money into the Nicktoons block and so I had a lot of responsibility and um, Jerry you know was counting on me and there were some you know situations with people who had been there for a long time that were you know wondering why somebody is coming in and immediately getting all this money to produce shows and you know it, a lot of politics and um it was just hard it yeah. was hard you know it was it was I started I started at Nickelodeon by myself you know I didn't have anybody answering my phone I didn't have anybody working in my department I was an independent producer there um they didn't have any experience with um, animation um, or budgets or schedule and nothing. So it was, you know, starting, it was starting up a whole new uh, train, so to speak, you know? Yeah. It was hard. Of course. It was hard. But I left with feeling like I had done my job well and that I had a really good staff which is Mary Harrington, Michelle Jabloner, um, Eric Coleman, who all, you know, went on to do really great things. I mean, Mary's still at, doing great things at Nickelodeon, and Eric's running Disney, and Michelle's running Amazon yeah, animation. So, you know, we, we had a great time, and it was a great team, and... Um, and that team went on to, you know, green light SpongeBob. Yeah. So, 
I think uh, I feel really I feel really proud of that. That's great, and I'm glad that you're able to see of how um, you know iconic and how influential the Nicktoons are because you know you, of your appearance in the 25th anniversary Nicktoon celebration and. Um, we met with uh, we met during the slime book event, and there was also uh-huh. the the orange years with uh, Scott and Adam. So, um, and I know yeah, I saw that the orange years. Yeah, and did not, you see? Were you there? No, I wasn't there. Sadly, oh. I, I had I, since um, I I'm going back to school, and um, I had to finish final exams. Trust me, I would have loved to drop it and, you know, support Scott and Adam because, you know, I was there when they were starting their Kickstarter campaign. But mm-hmm. trust me, um, I, I'm i very, very proud of their accomplishments. And, um, you know, I helped with donating a few dollars and got the poster. So when it comes out on, you know, on Netflix or whatever, then trust me, I'll, I'll definitely, you know, watch it for sure. I, I even had them a few weeks ago um, talking about the documentary alongside with Jeff Johnson, their animator, and Alicia Reyes, their um, executive producer. They were they were wonderful. Yeah, they're they're terrific. Yeah, I'm and, excited for them. Oh, mm-hmm. me too. And Ron and Kimo for their Ren and Stimpy documentary as well. Oh yeah, that's going to be interesting too. Yeah, especially since they're re- reworking some things, which should be interesting. But yeah, um, yes. I'm really really happy that you were able to see everything that the Nicktoons has accomplished, and I'm glad that you feel really proud of your hard work because you definitely deserve it. Oh, thank you. And I'm excited to see what they're going to do with the uh, the movie. Yeah. It's supposedly going to be live action and animation mix. Yeah, that so, should be interesting. So I'm excited. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really great. And I'm, I'm actually going to be seeing Arlene. And, and uh, it's just, it's amazing that, you know, this many years later, it's, you know, getting a whole new start. Yeah, that's very exciting. Absolutely. So I think that should be it. I, I want to thank you very much for coming on by, Vanessa. I really do appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So would you like to like plug and promote anything? Would you like to talk about any upcoming projects you're working on? No, I want to promote the the Rugrats feature film and television show. All right. That sounds great. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Thank you. Absolutely. Have so, a good day. Uh, happy happy holidays. Thank you, honey. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.